Welcome to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, your guide to good food, good health, and a good life. And now, here's your host, Nutrition Network Advisor and author of the Nourishment Mindset, Dixie Huey. Happy Transformation Tuesday, y'all. Welcome to or back to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, where we are on a metabolic mission to help you achieve vitality and reverse chronic lifestyle conditions using real whole foods, straight talk, and the pleasures of the table. I have a guest today, but before we dive into that, little bit of housekeeping. As always, thank you. The book orders keep coming in. I really appreciate y'all's support very much. As a reminder, these can be ordered on Amazon, of course, or you can go to my website, favorfat.com, where you can have a book signed by me. And of course, I match Amazon's complimentary prime shipping. So you just let me know the address to which you'd like it shipped, the person's name, and I'll get her done. There is still time here uh, within the holiday season. And on that note, the holiday season is something I would like to just briefly touch on. So a lot of us are ingrained in diet culture. And diet culture says that let's say, for example, you're going to be attending a holiday party this week. Diet culture says, well, you should restrict all day and really limit everything and that way you save room or save calories so that you can go and enjoy this party. Well, this is the exact opposite of what I advise clients to do. This just sets you up for failure and here's why. The brain wants you to consume particularly protein and natural fat. Remember, I'm a stickler for the right kind of fats. Get your fats right. If you're a new listener, one of the very first episodes, I believe it's episode two, maybe three, is all about getting your fats right. We want fats made in nature, such as butter, cream, olive oil, tallow, coconut oil, anything that is natural, something that you and I could make if we had to, those are so great for your brain and body. The hateful eight, which Dr. Kate Shanahan calls them in her book, Fat Burn Fix. Her other wonderful book is Deep Nutrition. These are the oils that you want to avoid. These are things like Soybean oil, the worst of the worst. Related so to you want to this, look out for natural fats. If it's made in a factory and has to be bleached and deodorized, run for the hills. So back to that holiday party strategy. So instead of trying to save room or save calories for this event, go ahead and eat a very nourishing meal earlier in the day with protein and natural fat. This will ensure that you get to the party feeling great, not hangry, not your brain starving for nutrients and firing off ghrelin, the hormone that tells you to eat, grr, eat. So instead of trying to save up, eat a nourishing meal, go to your event, have a good time, try to fill up on the nourishing items. And maybe if there's one treat that you just think, 
I really want to have that. This is part of my holiday tradition. Go ahead and enjoy that treat in moderation. Today's guest is a holistic nurse and wellness guide, as well as an author. Welcome, Chelsea Ward. Thank you, Dixie. It's great to be here. Yes, it's great to hear an awesome Texan accent. I love it. <laughs> Fellow Southerner. So I love, let's just start with your, your motto, happy, healthy, and whole. Tell us how you got into the health space, Chelsea. I was a seemingly healthy child, I thought, until my grandmother looked at me one day and was like, child, you're, you get everything that comes down this family line. And I started reflecting back, you know, as like in my thirties, like what, what that even meant, because for some reason that message kind of stuck with me and I just thought, oh, I'm the sick one. Right. But my mom loved strawberry shortcake. She ate it almost every day when she was pregnant with me. And so I was born with colic. I had digestive issues from the time I was born. And to me, suppositories were just a normal part of life. Right. I didn't know that it meant that I was sick. And um, by the time I was seven years old, I was passing out on the playground. <clears throat> I was diagnosed with hypoglycemia, which is low blood sugar. And by age 12, I was put on birth control for debilitating cycles that would keep me home from school every time I would have my menstrual cycle. And then everything just got worse and worse from there. I had candida overgrowth. My dad was always throwing the next candida book at me, right here, eat this food, take this supplement, do this thing. You have candida. And I didn't have the greatest diet, but I mean, I just knew like, okay, something was wrong. And I was constantly just sick, you know, depression, anxiety. By the time I was 27 years old, I was actually in perimenopause, hot flashes, mood swings, everything, uh, no cycle for three years. And I saw a doctor who finally diagnosed me with that and hypothyroidism and um, heavy metal toxicity. So I really was starting to go more of the natural route. And I, I went into traditional nursing. I became a traditional nurse. I practiced for a very long time. And I was just realizing I'm just like my patients. You know, we're being told the same thing. And medication and surgery is really the way out. And I couldn't help but believe that there had to be a better way. There had to be a different story. And I think that's about the time that I started studying how food is medicine and how, how our bodies were actually created to heal themselves. And I went on a mission to make it happen in my life. So from age 27 to age 30, I was on that mission and I completely started to reverse every diagnosis that I had, IBS, depression, anxiety, uh, perimenopause. I actually got my cycle back. And I'm 42 now. I'm ovulating. I'm my cycle's normal, more normal than it's ever been. I'm more hormonally balanced than I've ever been in my life. And all reversed because of lifestyle medicine, using nutrition, using food as medicine. And happy, healthy, whole came about because I was on a video one day and it just kind of come out, like it come out of my mouth. And people started saying, I want to be happy, healthy, whole. And I just went on this, you know, mission to be like, what is wholeness to me? And, and I think that it's really that mind, body and spirit approach to healing that creates wholeness. And it's when we feel our best in health. So here we are today, helping others do the same thing in their life. I love it. I took yoga this morning and I have like goosebumps. That is just, that's beautiful. Um, and I've, you know, certainly heard of people 
using a, a wholeness uh, mind body spirit approach to to help with thyroid and and other conditions but i am i'm sort of blown away this whole idea that the body could go into perimenopause and then reverse like that that's incredible to me um can you speak a little more to that i mean i'm 46 now so perimenopause is i'm i'm in <laughs> i'm in the space and that is okay so i'm not asking how do i reverse this i'm fine where i am but just I'm fascinated by that. That is such a testament to the the power of the human body to to heal. So how'd you do that? It really is. And I think everything probably started for me when I was younger and I had severe constipation, you know, because when we have constipation, we're not detoxing our estrogen appropriately. So we're backing up those detox pathways. So it leads to estrogen dominance, which is going to cause all of the symptoms I had that was the reason I ended up getting on birth control. So birth control disrupts your hormones so much. Like your body doesn't even know what to do. Like it's, it's not, I mean, people say that the, it tricks the body into thinking you're pregnant and that's not true at all. It just absolutely disrupts your hormones and it creates chaos in the body. And I think it's a huge piece of the reason why I had candida and all those things, but I was on birth control for 15 years. So I believe mine was birth control induced, you know, and even after coming off birth control, I think I'd been off birth control for about three years. I still didn't have a cycle, but my, it's because my hormones were absolutely still disrupted, still dealing with constipation, right? So my hormones were not regulating even after I got off birth control, but I knew that the birth control was, it's almost like I intuitively knew that the birth control was a big problem for me. And that's the reason I stopped taking it. And that was kind of one of the first steps into getting off of medications for me. And then the beautiful thing is, is when I started to detox and when I started to regulate my bowel movements, it allowed the liver to start doing its job. So the liver has over 200 jobs in the body. One of those is to detox estrogen. So if those detox pathways are closed, we're not getting rid of estrogen appropriately, then we're not going to cycle. We're not going to make new hormones. So I think in my picture, that, that was really what happened. And it led to just, I mean, just depletion of hormones all around. They didn't know how to cycle. So I think for women already in like true perimenopause, 46 years old, you know, true perimenopause, and you're going into some of those things. I think there's a way to do that gracefully and not necessarily the same way that same thing that happened to me. I'm not saying that we should be cycling at age 60 or anything, but I think there's a way to do those years really gracefully. And it's some of the same ways that I use to really help reverse mine. And that's really loving on your liver, eating a lot of good foods that are nourishing to the liver. So bitter greens are great, lemon, grapefruit, like dandelion greens, even drinking dandelion tea, beets, artichokes, all of those things are amazing for liver health. And then I loved um, phase one and phase two detox products to really help detox the liver and open up those pathways a little bit more. And I think these, these things are amazing for women that are going into this next phase of life. And I think we have to realize too, that our body is really shifting from ovarian production of hormones to the adrenal production of hormones. 
So I love that you said, oh, I did yoga this morning because I think it's so important that we learn to slow down during these moments of life and embrace all of those things because it is key to moving into that time in a very smooth manner and not dealing with a lot of the hot flashes and mood swings and, you know, cycle disruptions, although they're going to happen, I think that it can be a little bit smoother than what a lot of people say. Right. Yes. I think of like mindfulness, meditation, yoga, breathing, all that stuff. I'm just like turning down the noise <laughs> mentally too. <laughs> There's that. Awesome. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate, I love a good personal story, but I'm not often just flabbergasted. So thank you. That's a cool feeling. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. You have a book called Healed His Way. Please share what this is about and why you wrote it. I never intended to really tell my health story. I thought that I would just, you know, heal my body and move on. And I didn't know how to really transition out of the health space that I no longer resonated with. So I went into hospital consulting and I just became, you know, computer software consultant, uh, a medical record consultant. I traveled the world and I did that for a long time. And I kept running into people and they were like, I don't know what it is about you, but you're going to write a book. And I was like, I don't even know what this means. This is weird. People out of the blue, they don't even know me. They're telling me I'm going to write a book. And I won a CD at a conference one day and it was called Release the Writer Within. And I was like, ah, okay, I'm listening. You know, so the book, I, I really, when I listened to that CD, the book just started to download into me. And it was all the things that I had learned on my journey to health. And I knew in my heart of hearts that I believed in this and I wanted to transition the way that I taught because I, I love teaching, but I just didn't know how to do it. And I think that the book allowed me to do that, but it's a spiritually based, scientifically sound book. And it talks a lot about, I mean, truly nutrition is a huge component of it because I think we've got it so wrong with nutrition where we kind of siloed ourselves into the carnivore or I'm a vegan or I'm paleo or I'm, you know, all these things. And I Amen. think that <laughs> there's not really a way to do it. I mean, this is the nourishment mindset podcast, right? Like you get it. It's like, there isn't one way for everyone and there is not one way to do it. And while we can use certain components of these plans as a part of our healing, I think that siloing ourselves is really a lot of times what keeps us sick. And so I go into a lot of nutrition, nutrition talk. And then I talk about today's medicine and where I think we've gone wrong because I did come from that traditional space. And I saw a lot of things that I think are still keeping people sick from that traditional mindset. You know, just, we have a health issue. We have a symptom. Let's cover it with a pill. Let's do surgery if that doesn't work. And I think that that's what kept me stuck in my health for so long. And I also talk about alternative healing practices. And a lot of these, I actually dealt with myself and some of them, I've just really, um, I witnessed in other people, you know, and a lot of the work that I was reading and just really interested in during my own healing journey, some of the things I never had to deal with like cancer and you know, a lot of these things I write about in the book and I write a lot about my own experiences with medical injury and those types of things. And, 
you know, how people can just really become their own health advocate. But I do that in a way that lets them know how to tap into really that self-awareness, spiritual awareness. Um, and, you know, one thing that I didn't think was as super important when I was writing the book and I didn't realize how much I had really brought and brought this in and embraced it in my own life. And that's just rest, you know, and I mentioned that earlier, rest is so key, but I believe it's truly the key to healing. We have to slow down as a society. We're just so, we're so busy. So yeah, there's a lot there, woman. I love it. And yes, I, that really speaks to me. I've done a whole podcast on just sleep by itself, but you use the word rest, which I love because we, we need both, I think, rest and sleep. You know, if from the moment we're out of bed till the moment we're back in bed, it's just go, go, go like a little hamster in a wheel trying to get a toy or a treat. You know, that's not mindful living. That's sort of what I call checklist living. Um, just having the time to just be, you know, that's my wish for everyone. <laughs> if you're If you're a New Year's resolution kind of guy or gal, consider the rev resolution rather of just being, uh, just sitting on the porch or sitting in a chair or on a yoga mat and just calmly breathing and just taking time to, it's almost like mental detox, really. Um, so that's one. The other thing you said about the silos and the silos keeping us sick, I wonder sometimes People can get really dogmatic about diet, which I usually don't use that word, but I've seen it in health conferences. And there was one, um, there's a gentleman that I, he was one of my professors in, in my nutrition program. He's called Dr. Robert Siwes. Have you ever heard of him? Carb Addiction Doc is him on um, YouTube. He's incredible. And he's got this awesome South African accent, which I'm not going to try to do because I'll ruin it and offend any South African listeners. Um, but he he's a bariatric surgeon in South Florida who really tries to get people to heal using um, a low carb diet and sometimes um, nutritional ketosis. But what he started to see in his practice is after some people healed, avoided bariatric surgery, you know, yay, wonderful. Some of his patients were starting to look like type one diabetics. And so he presented this paper at Low Carb Boca a couple of years ago, basically suggesting that this cohort of people needs to introduce some carbohydrate back into the diet. And you would have thought that the dude farted in church. I mean, it was just oh, all these ketovores and everyone like, it's like, man, he's presenting a scientific paper. These are his patients. He is there to heal them. So siloing keeps us sick. That is going to be a key takeaway. Um, and, and I agree with you completely. Like when we get dogmatic about diet, I think we were really losing focus on nourishment and then part of me wonders, are people like this? You know, maybe because they healed themselves. So it's very important to them. But is it because it, one might say that in our culture, we're less uh, spiritual or religious than ever? Are we trying to find a higher power in our food? Paradoxically, when most of us don't even care what we're eating, what do you, any thoughts there, woman? <laughs> you know, I think that we want to feel a part of something. And I think that's a huge piece of it. Like, so we get on this bandwagon and we're, and we're like, oh, and I think too, that 
in the beginning, like any diet works, we're going to get benefits from being a vegan because like we've, we've changed things in the body. The body is adapting. It's a healthy adaptation. And then I think that after a while, we are like, we're so attached to being a vegan or whatever we are that we've, we've stood on our hill. We've staked our flag. We've done all the things. It's like, we have created a vegan Instagram page, right? And we cannot go away from that because we wonder if people are going to judge us. How are they going to look at us? Like we're in the limelight now, like everybody has their thing and we think the world's looking at us. And the truth is, is I've done all the diets. Yeah, I've done them all. You know, I went through all the things because I was on my own healing journey myself. And I think that there's a time and place for everything. And the reason that I and more flexible now than I probably ever have been is because I know that the body does well when things are removed, just kind of like this doctor you're talking about, right? There's a time and season for it. And when we remove those things for a period, it's like, it allows the body space to heal. And I think a lot of that is just resting the digestive system, removing inflammatory foods. So what I started to see was a lot of my clients were sensitive to a lot of the same foods. And what I think more than anything is that they were, it was driving inflammation in the body and we could look at labs and we were seeing trends in a lot of those foods. So removing certain foods and even food groups and depending on the person's symptoms, I mean, they may be reacting to histamine foods or they may be reacting to like oxalates. So finding out what that is specifically for that person is super helpful. And then removing those things for a period of time. And I know for me personally, like I've tried so hard to bring dairy back into my diet, like time after time after time. And I know there's this big raw dairy craze right now. And it's, it's great. I think it's wonderful. But the thing is, is when you're looking at symptoms and when you're looking at labs, you realize it doesn't work for everyone we're not all the same. Like you can't just put someone on meat and milk and expect them to thrive, you know, just because it's raw and it's organic and it's all the things, you know? So I think that I, honestly, the whole, it's just a mindset that we really have to shift when it comes to feeding our bodies, nourishing our bodies. It is more about just being okay with curiosity and just trusting our bodies when we, when we learn, we can trust our bodies, when we remove those inflammatory things and eating according to what we think we should eat. I think so many times our body's craving certain foods because it's asking for nourishment. And if we understand what the body is trying to tell us, then we can, we can really move the needle. And that's just something that you learn over time. I think. Yep. I love it. Curiosity, being open. All right. So you touched on this a little bit when you were talking earlier about being in traditional medicine. And so I'm curious, you know, now you're in this American Association of Drugless Practitioners, which I didn't even know existed, but how cool. <laughs> but before, I think I saw in your, your background that you did medical pain management. So I'm curious, did the medical pain management experience inform your current sort of affiliation as a drugless practitioner? 
patients are over-medicated. They're undereducated about the things that are actually making them sick. And they're being given a drug in a very drug-centric world. And I think that seeing people in medical pain management, which was a pain management clinic, obviously. So they're being given pain medications. We're doing facet injections. We're doing epidurals. We're doing all the things to kind of help try to control a person's pain. I would watch people walk into that place and sit in front of us and beg for an increase in medication dosages as they're dosing off and slurring their words and dragging themselves into the office and spilling their drinks everywhere and, and just drugged. And it was very sad. It was so hard. It was the hardest environment I've probably ever worked in. And I don't blame them. I don't blame the doctors. I don't blame them. I don't blame the patients. I think that it's just, it's a sad picture of what these doctors feel like they have to offer these patients. Mm. And it's a sad picture of what these patients think they need to survive. And unfortunately they get addicted and they don't know what to do. And it's not only these types of medications, it's a lot of different types of medications. So what drove me to this certification is I had a client come in with Guillain-Barre, which is really cause it causes paralysis from the feet all the way up. And it can actually kill you if they don't address it because it will paralyze the lungs, the heart, like it kind of works its way up the body. A lot of times if someone has the flu or a flu vaccine or, you know, different types of things can actually drive it. It's more of a stressor on the body. And this woman was on gabapentin and she was on methadone and then she was taking Adderall so she could stay awake in the, in the daytime. She was only sleeping about two hours at night because she was so just back and forth. I couldn't even keep up with a woman when we were having calls. But the reason she called me is because she had hives and she had been in her home for three months. She had not basically worn those in three months. She was moving from the bathtub and just making laps around her kitchen because she was in so much pain. And when we started working together and removing a lot of these inflammatory foods, removing a lot uh, she was actually in a moldy environment. It was driving a lot of her symptoms. You know, we started working on her health from a natural standpoint. She was, she had no hives after one week, her hives completely disappeared. And then she had a couple more flares while we were working together, but I'll never forget her calling me and saying, Chelsea, I have cut my methadone in half. And I was like, what? It, it was amazing just to see the natural things that she was doing to bring health into her life and her body that she was able to cut her pain medications back and she completely come off of methadone. Or, I mean, I have the email where she told me I'm completely off of methadone and I've now cut my gabapentin down. It's almost completely gone. Like, and as she went on, she was able to completely come off of these medications after being told that it was something she would have to take for the rest of her life. So these harsh medications like gabapentin, methadone, and Adderall were literally controlling her from day to day. Her emotions, her mood, her energy levels, her sleep cycles, everything. And that completely disrupts a person. So what happens to a person like that is they get their life back. Yeah. Her marriage is better. She can travel again. She sleeps again. All of these things because... She fixes the problem naturally that traditional medicine said was broken.
and it's not, it wasn't broken. It was just that these medications were simply a bandaid for her when she had underlying issues that weren't being addressed. And thank God for her hops, you know, that actually drove her to seek help because she wasn't seeking help for these medications and for them disrupting her life. It was simply brought up in an interview that we did. And, and I noticed that she was on these harsh medications and began to ask questions and she's absolutely free today. So that's really what drives me to help people. It's like, my goal is never to like, be like, stop your medication. And that it's not something I'm licensed to do, right? I'm not a medical doctor, but I see it happen so many times that these patients actually intuitively know I don't need this medication anymore. And they can, they can work with their doctor to really relieve the need for them. Yes. I love it. I, um, two things. So thing one for me, you know, I'm not even a nurse. I'm just a health coach, but I do work with clients who the, the hardest thing for me is the medication intake call and just people on 15, 20. I mean, I'm, I'm like exhausted even entering them, let alone thinking of what it's like in a given day to have to take all this stuff, just the, the time required. But then I'm thinking of the gut and like the gut biome is, has got to just be screaming or if it's maybe not, maybe it's dead. I don't know, but that that's always so hard for me to see. So I appreciate your, your bringing that up. I love a good uh, lowers medication or gets off medication um, story. I am also curious with this, just to kind of keep with that example of healing, you mentioned the mold that's, you know, obviously going to create all kinds of problems. What other kinds of things did you do with her? Were there certain foods that were inflammatory for her or products around the house or anything else just worth kind of closing that story? She had Hashimoto's which, you know, is an autoimmune condition. So I like to see those clients brain and dairy free because it can, they can trigger additional autoimmune conditions. So mm. we found, and it's also important for just healing the gut and resting the digestive system and grains can actually be kind of like heavy in mold, peanuts, you know, coffee, a lot of those things. Her husband, his name was Popcorn Tom because he would sit out in front of the grocery store and he would make bags of popcorn and he would like give it to people, you know, just like this was his thing in the community. So like, and this was something that they enjoyed together, but she was just eating this popcorn all the time and it was very inflammatory for her. So things like that. And of course, uh, she wasn't eating a ton of sugar, but just, you know, reducing her sugar intake when you're exposed to mold, there's the, just this common connection with fungus and fungal overgrowth. And a lot of times those things can erupt on the skin, cause these skin rashes, cause things like hives and just the burning sensation that she would have on her skin, you know, especially in creases like in, in between her fingers, in between her toes, under her breasts, in her growing, uh, behind her knees, she would experience almost like a red and burning sensation. So, and a lot of times, like we think about fungus and it loves like a warm, moist area. So, and I think that just removing a lot of foods like that, that are going to feed that fungus in the body, they're super beneficial for someone who's exposed to mold. 
So it was really grain, dairy, sugar, soy free, and just making that, making sure that she was bringing in healthy whole foods, you know, foods that a lot of protein. So we increased her protein because a lot of times you can get, you know, vegetables, certain vegetables, certain fruits, higher fruit diets can feed more of that yeast and that fungus and that mold overgrowth. So reduce that for a period of time. And what I typically do is just say, eat twice as many fruits as you do vegetables. Hmm. That's really going to help someone's intake. We're so quick to just grab a piece of fruit, like an apple and snack on it or whatever's in the fruit bowl. It's easy. They're easy foods to consume, peel an orange, eat it. And if you help someone just increase their vegetable intake, then that can reduce the amount of sugars in the diet for someone who's struggling in that way. So mostly removing those things for a period of time and then allowing her to bring certain things back into the diet to see how well she did with it. So she actually started eating popcorn again because that was just something she was very excited about. And she called me and she had broke out in hives again. So she, you know, realized I can't have this food. And that's not to say she's never going to be able to eat popcorn again. I think as the body heals and we go years and years on this health journey and we're healed, you know, more than we were, like you mentioned the gut, it's a huge piece of this. We give the digestive system a chance to rest and heal and it's turning over and there's cellular turnover. You know, every four days we have a new gut, right? And we, we feel this gut Isn't it so cool. It's beautiful. So as you work through that and as your immune system gets stronger, 80% of your immune system is in the gut, right? So as you improve the health of your gut, you improve the health of your immune system. Her thyroid gets stronger. Her ability to consume some of these foods probably gets stronger. So I usually tell people if it's a food that you really like want to enjoy periodically, like popcorn for her, uh, bring it in like a year later, see how you do. It's, it doesn't mean the food isn't going to be a no, no forever. It just, it just means that, you know, for right now, the body's asking you to give it space to rest and heal. I love the way you present that because no one likes to hear never again. <laughs> um, maybe in the future. And then of course you're talking about popcorn and I'm thinking, oh, glyphosate. no, don't snack on glyphosate. <laughs> yes. It's sad that that's what I think of when I think of popcorn. Uh, so let's talk about, um, I saw somewhere you, you, you were talking about turning off your crazy side. We dipped into that a little bit, but let's dip back into it. And, and more importantly, like, you know, how to turn it off, but also how stress impacts your health. Because I feel like in our culture, you know, I was talking about checklist living, like just go, go, go. You know, you got your phone right when you wake up and it's just, <sighs> so let's talk about stress. I like to think about everything on a spectrum. You know, we can be, we can be Nazis. We can be like on this end of the spectrum and be crazy people about our health and, and all those things. And we can be on this end and not care about our health at all. And I think our stress is the very same way. We can be here on this side and we're type A, we're running, we're going, we've got kids, we got business, we have expectations, we have demands, uh, we have to keep up with society and we never slow down. And we don't take time to listen to the body 
And I work with a lot of women and women are so bad about this because they're, they're career women, they're working and then they're taking care of their children. And then they want their children to have these amazing lives. So they say, you can be in any sport that you possibly could imagine being in. And I'm just going to take you. And then they're serving in their church and then they're serving in their community and they're you know, taking care of someone who's not feeling well down the road and like all the things. And we're so busy right now that the body is sick and we don't even know it. And so many times I'll speak about the whispers of the body. You know, if we just tune into when the body has a stomach ache, like I, you know, this morning I woke up with a stomach ache, I'll be honest. And I knew exactly what it was. Yesterday, I had these little, I found these little flax muffins and I grabbed probably one too many in the day because they were really good and they had sugar and I just don't eat a lot of sugar, right? And I woke up this morning and I was like, my stomach is not happy with me. That sugar was not sitting well. But the truth is, is that's a whisper to me to say, Chelsea, you need to tune in. Like what happened yesterday that really did not settle well with you? And so many times we don't do that when the body's whispering. It's like, oh, I have a stomach ache. Wonder what's wrong. Not sure. Everything feels fine now. I'm going to keep going about my day. I've got busyness to take care of. Oh, my knee hurts when I walk. I'm not really sure what that is. Well, that probably is inflammation, but we don't tune into that to say what is causing this inflammation. Or we might get a headache, you know, a few days a week. I don't even know what's causing this headache. Let me turn the lights down a little bit lower. Let me take a day off to lay my head on the pillow. Let me, you know, like these little things like this, this is the body whispering saying, hello, I'm trying to get your attention. I need you to slow down. I need you to take care of me. I'm your vehicle. I'm only here as long as you take care of me. And when you stop taking care of me, then I have to depart right? We don't hear the body saying that, but that's what those whispers really mean. And then one day we are so sick. We can't hold our head up. We're exhausted. We go to the doctor and we're diagnosed with something like Hashimoto's, you know, but the body has been telling you for 10 years that this was coming and you never paid attention. And I know that so well in my own life because it's exactly what happened to me until I hit the very bottom of my health. And I was literally peeling myself up off the couch and out of the bed every single morning, filling up on caffeine and sugar just to keep going because I could not keep up with the demands of life anymore. And one of the things that I will have my clients do that are in this pace is just in the mornings, get outside in the first fresh morning sunlight because that morning sunlight is important for helping us reset our circadian rhythm. It sets us up for success when we sleep. It sets sets us up for success for our energy for the day. And it's a quiet time in the day. And nobody's bothering you. Your phone is not ringing. You're probably not in meetings at this point. And if you will just go sit outside, I remember, so I had this client, who did this. And I mean, she was in her seventies and she'd been running her whole life, taking care of everybody else's needs. And I remember her coming to me on a call and say, Chelsea, you told me to sit outside in silence for five minutes and I just can't do it. Like I can't, it's the worst part of my day. And I'm like, I understand. And in a month, you're going to tell me it's the best part of your day. So keep doing it. You've got it one minute at a time, 30 seconds at a time. 
work your way up. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. But her homework was really to try to sit outside for five minutes in the morning and listen to the sounds around you. Just pause. Don't be sipping your coffee. Don't be doing anything. If you want to sip your coffee, fine. But just like, don't be on your phone. Don't be doing things that are busying your mind. Just pay attention. What do you hear? What do you see? What do you smell? What do you sense? What thoughts are going through your mind? We don't stop long enough to even pay attention to what's going on around us. And it might not have been a month, but I'll say within a couple months, she came to me and she said, this is the best part of my day. Thank you for pushing me to do that. It was the most challenging thing that I did. And we worked, we reversed Hashimoto's. We did in-depth gut healing protocols. We did all the things. She would take the pill because we're trained, take the pill. You know, we're, we're trained to do those things. If you want results, and the truth is, is that sometimes that's not the most important piece. It's slowing down. That's what really creates the ability for our bodies to heal. And if we can do that for five minutes in the morning, and we can take that five minute walk after lunch, and if we can take that moonlight walk after dinner, before bedtime for five minutes, if we do that in little five minute increments every single day and just pause and breathe and step away from the noise, it will transform our health. But we're so busy. We're so busy, but it's literally 15 minutes in your day that will absolutely transform you. Oh, I absolutely 100% agree. That, mm -hmm. is, uh, that is such wonderful advice. It circles right back to my thing earlier where I was saying, just be um, I love stepping outside. I step out barefoot every morning and I know my neighbors think, why does she walk with bare feet every morning? <laughs> uh, but it's grounding, right? It's awesome. So I completely agree. And what I tend to hear is I don't have time. That's the reason I'm given why someone can't take five minutes in the morning, which I get it because I've been there too, but I do sort of mute the phone and just laugh because it's like, well, what other things do you have time to do that are not as important to your health? But it's, yeah, it's a checklist, checklist society. So let's get into gut, liver, thyroid connection. You talked about how the liver um, and estrogen are so important, but liver being the detox pathway. So what, what should we know? I'm sure that could be three episodes, but give us the highlight reel. It could definitely be three episodes and detox is one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah. And it's because the liver is so connected to so many different processes in the body and that a lot, we have this thyroid epidemic now, right? we have these, this hormone imbalances. We have hormone depletion. Like everybody's wanting to get on hormone therapy. The newest thing for, you know, people in their twenties, they're trying to regulate their hormones and it's just it's crazy to me, but I remember in my twenties, I needed to regulate my hormones too. You know, like people in their twenties are already feeling bad and hormone depleted, but we live in a very toxic, toxic world. And I believe that our liver will actually have a hard time keeping up with the toxins because I don't believe it was ever designed to do that. 
So it's our grandfather detox organ. It's responsible for most of the detox that happens in the body, but it's also responsible for over 200 different processes in the body. So if we have a taxed liver, if we have fatty liver, if we have a sludgy liver, if we have an exhausted liver, then we're going to have a lot of different issues. We can have skin conditions. We can have thyroid issues. We can have, you know, the gut issues we're talking about now with the, with the thyroid, the liver is responsible for converting T4 into T3. T4 is the inactive form of thyroid and T3 is the active form of thyroid. So you need to have decent amounts of T3. You want those in optimal levels so that you feel good. You have energy. Um, and if you don't have high enough T3 levels, then you're going to feel sluggish. You're, you're probably going to receive a hypothyroid diagnosis and you're going to have trouble sleeping. You're going to be feeling exhausted during the day. You're probably going to have cold hands and feet. You're probably going to have brain fog, probably going to gain a little bit of weight especially in your lower belly, your hips and thighs, all those are related to thyroid imbalances. But if the liver is not converting that inactive form of thyroid into your active form of thyroid, it's one reason for hypothyroidism. And the, so 20% of the T3 is actually made by the gut. If there is bacterial imbalance in the gut, that's also going to play a role in this thyroid health issue. So the bacterial balance plays a role in, um, in that, in making that T3 for the support of the thyroid. So the other thing is conditions like you, you probably heard of leaky gut, right? Leaky gut syndrome. Yeah. No, that is really big when we're talking about thyroid health. So Hashimoto's is the number one autoimmune condition. It's the most diagnosed autoimmune condition. It's the most common today. And a big part of that is this chronic condition of leaky gut syndrome that we all have pretty much in at least small amounts, unless you're constantly working on the gut because stress, toxins, medications from your food, those types of things, those are all going to cause a problem with leaky gut. They're going to drive leaky gut. Well, when it comes to the thyroid, this matters because when certain proteins like gluten and casein in particular, so that comes from our wheat, barley, and rye, and then it also comes from our milk, from our, our cows. So when that spills into circulation where it doesn't belong, it actually has the same pattern or molecular structure as our thyroid gland, those proteins do. And when the body starts to elicit an attack on these proteins that are spilling into circulation saying, oh, you don't really belong here. Let me clean you up. Then it can start to mistake the thyroid for a part of the problem as well. And that's when we get an attack on our thyroid gland and it leads to a condition known as Hashimoto's. So typically we have Hashimoto's before we have a thyroid condition. So Hashimoto's um, is usually diagnosed later after we realize that we already have symptoms of hypothyroidism. That's the way traditional medicine does it. In functional medicine, we actually run, I, I personally run labs on the entire, like an entire thyroid panel, including the autoimmune markers, just to make sure. And I've found autoimmunity in a lot of people. And I find that when we heal the gut, when we take care of the gut, and we improve the health of that gut lining, clean up any infections that are in the gut, we can actually reverse Hashimoto's. 
So those autoimmune markers will go into remission. Now, that doesn't mean you get rid of the diagnosis. Like once you have it, you always have it. And there are lifestyle things that you can do to kind of help improve those symptoms. But the thing is, is that when you have those autoimmune markers into balance, that means that you don't have that active inflammatory response that's driving a lot of those symptoms. Makes sense. Wow. I love it. There's hope there. Yes. Excellent. Um, so two more questions before we wrap. Um, where do people find you? Who do you, do you work with anyone? Do they have to be in Texas? I work all over the United States, mostly in the United States. I do work with some people in Canada. Um, I've worked with some people in the UK. I feel like it's easier for me to work in the United States just because like the lab testing and things like that can be a little easier. And I really see people virtual, video, phone calls, those types of things. So I can work with people all over. And we, um, I'm, I'm really mostly on, I would say, Instagram, Facebook. Um, my website is chelseaward.com. So C-H-E-L-S-I-E-W-A-R-D.com. And I work with anybody, mostly digestive issues, hormone imbalances, um, thyroid conditions. And I love focusing on more of that gut hormone connection, metabolism. A lot of women in you know their 30s, 40s, 50s, women that are working to get pregnant naturally. Um, there's some really fun, fun stories, even on my website, of women who've been able to conceive naturally. And I love Chelsea Ward wellness babies. They're like the best is the biggest gift. I don't have children personally. So it's so fun to see mamas really light up when just natural things like liver detox can improve the hormones so much. And it's, it's missed a lot of times. So um, if it's in the cards for people, I've seen that happen. So really just anybody struggling and wanting to improve from a natural standpoint, look like we look for healing opportunities in the body and we really just put all the pieces in place that gives the body the best chance to heal because the body's super intelligent. We just have to give it what it needs or what it's asking for. And I'm kind of just a guide through that process, you know, helping you lay it out. Step ABC, one, two, three you know, and then you get to go home and do the homework and really learn how to tune into your body so that you can give it what it needs at any given time to feel your best. Yes. It sounds like you help people listen to those whispers. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That is so great. And then you mentioned chelseaward.com. Are you also Chelsea Ward on Facebook and Instagram? Yes, Chelsea Ward. My main profile on Facebook, I kind of just, I hang out there mostly. It's Chelsea Ward. And I have Chelsea Ward Wellness. Um, you're probably not going to see it though if you if you fringe me there because it's very um, unlikely that these business pages are getting much traction these days. But it's there. You can find me there or on Instagram as Chelsea Ward Wellness. Perfect. Thank you. And then <clears throat> in closing, I always ask guests the same last question, um, and this is your favorite tableside tradition. So sometimes people say, what are you talking about? What I mean is, you know, theoretically we all love food. Hopefully we all love food and the, the ability to, to connect us and be present and slow down 
And so for me, I mine is the same always. It's just that nightly cheers, like the, you know, here we've come to sit down, whoever is with us, you know, if it's family, if they're friends in town, um, other broader family members, just that act of santé. What about you, Chelsea? Mine is celebrations. So it's celebrations for the day, like what went well today? You know, I think so many times that we can come into our homes and our kitchen table, or we can come from this stressful part of our day. We've already talked so much about, and we can bring it home or it almost just comes home with us, you know, instead of leaving it at the door, because we're still thinking about those things that may not have gone right. And sometimes we want to unload that on our spouse or our loved ones or whoever's there that'll listen. And we feel the frustrations and we're just, we're just trying to release. And one thing that I realized really helped me during a season that was kind of, I wouldn't say dark, but it wasn't one of the easiest seasons of my life. And I was kind of getting in this passive victim mindset, like life is happening to me. So I had to start purposefully celebrating. So I brought those celebrations to my dinner table. And I was like, you know what? I would love to just start celebrating what went well today. Like, so what went well? And we do that at my dinner table. What went well? And is there anything that then is there anything that you want to talk about? You know, and I think that leading in with the celebration of what went well, it actually just reminds you of what you have to be grateful for. And then whenever you talk about the things that didn't go so well, or if you need to release, it's just a simple, quick, you know what, this is probably, you know, something that I would like to just get off my chest and and then we'll just move on, you know, but celebrations is it. And it's so much fun. And if you have kids, you can add it to your dinner table. If you have, you know, anything, um, if you're, if you're with, uh, you know, mutual friends, you can add that to your dinner table. It's always a great way to lighten up the conversation. I absolutely love that. That's probably the best one I've ever heard. Thank you. And it piggybacks beautifully into my cheers. Um, plus hits home because uh, my kiddo told me the other day, um, I said, how do you feel about, you know, me since I switched to this, uh, this position that I'm in? And he said, it stresses me out that you have so many jobs. And I thought, interesting. Okay. Cause I teach fitness. I have this, I have other, you know, I find it to be a very rich, <laughs> rewarding thing, but from my kid's perspective, wow, that just was, ooh. And, and I mentioned it to my husband and he said, well, are you, you up for some feedback? And I sort of laughed and said, great, you know, here it comes. And he said, well, you, you talk about work a lot with like a big highlighter through a lot. And I thought, yes, I do. I got to stop doing that. Um, so what I have recently added was that five minute meditation decompress at the end of the workday. I've always done it before the workday per you you know, these five minute intervals, but this idea of bringing forth the celebrations of the day, then that puts everything in context and maybe there's less need to be doing the dumping. <laughs> so thank you. I, you're, you're like also partially a, a mental health counselor, I think. <laughs> Felt me. Yes. 
have a degree in psychology, behavior analysis. So that's probably where that comes from. Well, that's beautiful. I think that's an awesome note to end on. Thank you so much for being on the Nourishment Mindset, Chelsea, and for finding me. Thank you, Dixie. It's been a pleasure. Chelsea was just a sweetheart, y'all, wasn't she? I learned so much from the <laughs> silos of the different diets to listening to the whispers of your body. Uh, that was tre tremendous. And I hope that you all enjoyed it as much as I did. My number one holiday tip is not showing up at a party hangry. The piece I'd like to end on is this whole concept of the nourishment mindset. You know, when we adopt a nourishment mindset, we do not restrict. That's not what it's about. It's about making mindful choices and enjoying what you choose. So the other tip is some people say, well, I'll just deal with my health in January. No, I can't recommend either. Every day is an opportunity to nourish yourself. That doesn't mean that you have to be on this tightrope trying to balance and in a perfectionistic world uh, regarding diet and what you're eating. You know, I hate the concept of a diet. Rhymes with riot has the word die in it. Let's get off that tightrope. Because up on that tightrope, when we slip off, we tend to say, well, I screwed up today, so I might as well just, you know, pig out or I'll deal with it next month, that sort of thing. We are not here to be on diets. We are here to nourish ourselves. So let's get off that tightrope. Let's come on down to the ground and let's just see every day and every meal as an opportunity to nourish yourself to that vitality that we are seeking here. If you haven't yet bought the book and you have someone on your Christmas list who maybe would like to focus on his or her health, think about it. I'll sign a copy, as I said, favorfat.com. So I wish you all a wonderful rest of the holiday season. Namaste. And of course, Sante.